Ari Rosenbaum here with another fun-filled episode of the 401k podcast. Um, this week's subject, we're going to talk about choosing uh, how plane sponsors could choose their retirement plan providers. Of course, first things first, at 401k conference, we will be live in living color. Uh, for those who grew up in the era of black and white TV, we'll be live in living color in Miami at Lone Depot Park. Uh, should be a fun event. Uh, we got some game tickets, Marlins Mets. Um, special guest, Charles Johnson, who uh, was a 1997 World Series champion, if I recall. And then in 98, was traded to the Dodgers as part of the Mike Piazza trade. Um, got a stadium tour. Uh, great content uh, coming for you. Some, you know, some new uh, sponsors uh, that uh, haven't appeared at that 4K conference. So obviously, if you've attended quite a few of these events, uh, there's something new for you, and it's going to be great to see Mike Webb uh, next week. Haven't seen him in a while, and uh, haven't seen him since uh, Vegas, I want to say. And uh, he's always a great friend of the show, as they say, and a great friend of the conference. So. Um, we're going to be there at 401ksite.com for information. 100 bucks gets you in. Miami is going to have a little bit better attendance than we did in some of these September events. Uh, picking up life, hopefully getting back to normal. It's only been like, you know, almost two and a half years of this. Um, and then talking about future events, we will be in Seattle on September the 9th. Uh, T-Mobile Park will always be safe go feel to me. Uh, Larry will work on a guest. Uh, we'll have it. For you, um, uh, great uh, event that's coming up. Looking forward to finally uh, getting to Seattle. Never been there before, so it should be uh, should be fun. Um, I'll have to try to get some time in and get to the Space Needle. Uh, so back at the task at hand, this week's subject. You know, when we talk about retirement plan providers, um, a lot of times they, you know, deals are made. Uh, the family dinner table, uh, at the golf outing, in the country club, or a house of worship. They may be not, they may be some you know great places to have social gatherings. They may not be ideal places to select a retirement plan provider. And yeah, plan sponsors really don't realize that they really have to go through an actual process of selecting the plant providers and it's got to be on a you know to me it's like constitutional law it's got to be done on a rational basis uh, which is one of the levels of uh, review of judicial review rational basis it's got to be rational it's got to make sense it's got to be above board um, and I've been through a lot of you know in 24 years I've seen a lot of uh, things go down I see a lot of plant providers pick for the wrong reasons and I'm going to tell you straight as to uh, ways plan sponsors can, um, you know, figure out ways to, uh, you know, pick their plan providers. And uh, first is number of plans. When you're looking at plan providers, I think it's important to ask um, uh, the provider for the number of retirement plans that they handle. You shouldn't just pick a provider just because, you know, they have the most plans because that's not really a measure of competence. See uh, payroll providers like ADP and Paychex. It just means, uh, you know, it, it just to me means that you um, you need to make sure that any provider you may work with is either not a fly-by-night operation or operation treats their uh, spot in the retirement plan industry as a hobby like ADP and Paychex. So, you know... Hiring a financial advisor who who, do, who only has one plan, I don't think that that's a great idea. 
uh, a TPA that only handles two or three DB plans when you have a 401k plan. Not a good idea. It just my two cents. It's just it's got to make sense. And you know, again, my feeling about ADP and paychecks—they treat the TPA business as a hobby. Uh, their main focus is selling payroll. They see TPA business as an extension of payroll and treat it as such. There's nothing wrong with businesses segueing into something bigger than they are. Like, for example, Pepsi for the longest time owned Yum Brands, which used to be called Tricon Restaurants, which was, you know, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, um, Long John Silver, um, and uh, not anymore, but A&W. Um, they saw that as a natural natural extension, you know, great way to sell soda, own, own restaurants. Well, they took care in building these brands up that they were able to spin them off to a separate company. I mean, shoot, uh, Taco Bell, uh, you know, is, is an amazing brand. Who knew that, uh, you know, uh, really weird looking uh, fake Mexican food would be so popular? Um, but it is, and they don't treat their restaurants as a hobby or the other, you know, they own Frito-Lay snack business is, you know, a great way of also selling soda because snacks and, you know, pretzels and Tostitos and all that. It's a great segue from drinks, uh, but they've been doing a great job of it. Next types of plans. And, um, you know, there isn't a retirement plan provider out there that handles all types of retirement plans at all different sizes. You need to find retirement plan providers that are a good fit for your plan. Um, a TPA that obviously only handles DB plans isn't really a good fit if, you know, you got a 401k plan. And uh, a financial advisor who only handles plans with more than $25 million in assets is not really going to be good if their plan has less than a million dollars in plan assets. And when hiring an ERISA attorney, make sure that they handle the types of plans you have because there's a large difference between single employer retirement plans and multi-employer union plans. Again, I, I, you know, I would say unfortunately, I think that life uh, life is like a choose-your-own-adventure book. You're set on a path based on the choices you make. I worked for almost a year at a union law firm, hated it, wasn't a good fit for me, so I left to go to that semi-prestigious law firm. They didn't really handle 401k plans. It was mostly a... Um, uh, a union shop uh, handling union retirement plans, and those were DB plans, so that was just just a different mix. And uh, it was funny. The only 401k plan I handled, it was an interesting story. It was a mutual fund company, TPA, uh, working on a union that spun off from another union. The union that it spun off from had a Save Harbor plan. The union that was spun out and our client was not a Safe Harbor plan, except the mutual fund company treated it as such. And uh, it was a problem because um, uh, obviously the ADP and ACP tests weren't done. Uh, and this was a plan that was going on two, three years. And, you know, when you find out that you didn't conduct the tests that you're supposed to, you hope and pray that you passed. And uh, fortunately they did. But the funniest part was the client getting a bill for TPA services for the ADP ACP. And the reasoning was, well, you know, listen, we treated you a safe harbor. We didn't charge us. And now we have to charge you, which it to me is a, a chutzpah in the sense that, yeah, you screwed up and misinterpreted the provisions of the plan document, but because we assumed it was safe harbor, we're going to charge you. Yeah, I understand they were entitled to a fee, but 
I'm all about, you know, uh, uh, it doesn't look right, <laughs> you know, your incompetence, uh, maybe eat the fee, but whatever, it is what it is, uh, many years later. Uh, I think it's important, obviously, um, to pick a plan provider that can handle the plan that you have. Obviously, bonding liability insurance, make sure that any retirement plan provides enough insurance, which protects you as the plan sponsor. Whether it's errors and missions, um, fiduciary li liability or, or you, know, you know, malpractice insurance, I, I think it's important um, that there is some sort of level of protection for you if something does go wrong. A TPA with obviously no insurance is of no use if they cause an error that costs you. So that TPA that I always talk about, you know, um, screwed up a plan where the DOL thought the woman was stealing money from her own plan. Well, they didn't have insurance, and that was obviously a problem. Next, obviously, a, a clearer free fee structure is really important. Fee disclosure regulations require all plan providers to provide um, a plan sponsor with uh, fee structure, um, disclosure of the free structure. Um, you know, the problem, obviously, um, would deal with fee disclosures is, you know, not one fee disclosure looks like from the you know, same type of provider. Everybody's got something different. There's different jargons in terms of termination fees and uh, deconversion fees and whatnot. You know, the TPA can have an asset-based fee. They can have a per head. They can have a per capita charge. There's so many different ways. They can have a flat fee. Same thing with advisors as well. Um, you know, a, a TPA can obviously be compensated by so many different ways. Obviously, uh, um, the revenue share, which still does exist. Um, plan, you know, risk attorneys charge by the hour. They can be like me and charge a flat fee. Um, you know, uh, I, one thing that always upset me with law firms, I think it was, it's a chutzpah, uh, which means a nerve to charge somebody per hour and then charge people for copies or mailings. I, I just think that that's really, really cheesy. Um, you know, it's part of the job. Uh, you know, you, you, the reason you get paid is to bear some of the costs. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a problem, uh, but whatever. Um, you know, obviously, same thing with RAs. Some charge a flat fee, some charge an asset-based fee, and then, of course, brokers can be compensated by different methods as well, 12B1 and, and all that stuff. And I, I think it's important for a plan sponsor to understand the fee being charged and how it came about. And the only way to do that is by, you know, ascertaining what the fee structure really is. Um, it's still, you know, with fee disclosure, I still think there are a lot of plan providers who play games and, you know, obviously have um, structures that are confusing and, and challenging. And therefore, a plan sponsor doesn't really, um, you know, understand or identify. It's important to uh, plan sponsors to know the breadth of services being offered by a plan provider. Um, you know, there's there's the bundled TPA, there's unbundled. Um, you have to know if your TPA has a day-to-day -day contact that you can reach or there's a team approach. When it comes to financial advisors, um, you know, uh, there, you know there, there's a question about who's the plan fiduciary, who's not. Um, hiring uh, an RRA is an ERISA 338 fiduciary, 321 or co-fiduciary. 
uh, you know, the, the, there's obviously discrepancy there. Same thing with, you know, uh, identify what their, you know, roles are. Uh, 338, obviously, and 321 are different when it comes to liability and breadth of services. ERISA attorney. Uh, if they work for your TPA, there's no attorney-client relationship. That's how I was for the first, you know, almost 10 years of my career. I was an ERISA attorney, still had my license, uh, still pay the dues, just paid uh, uh, a few weeks back my, my New York fee. Uh, but when you work for a TPA, they're, you know, it's different from the setting that I have as a law firm where there's an attorney-client relationship. Uh, it's really important when reviewing plan providers to identify the services they offer so there could be a comparison between competing providers. And obviously, you don't want to have a duplication of services. And sometimes that happens where you have an ERISA 338 fiduciary who's serving in you know almost kind of like a 316 setting, and then you don't need to have a 316. It's also important to, you know, you, for a plan sponsor, you know, get the services you want from a specific plan provider. If you want a snazzy participant website, don't uh, don't hire the TPA that looks like they got their participant website uh, on uh, Netscape, Mosaic, or GeoCities for those who grew up in the 90s. Not all plan providers are alike, and uh, neither are their services. There could be high-end, mid-range, low-range, uh, and, you know, low-range being no frills. So I think it's important that uh, plan sponsors know the services, uh, you know, any p potential providers performing. Uh, or offering, and uh, you know, I think it's important to treat plan provider shopping like shopping for a car. Understand all the different makes, models, price levels. You know, I, I'll never. It's always interesting with cars, how many different levels, and trims, and all that kind of stuff. Next, qualification experiences of the professionals involved. I think it's important to identify. Uh, who are the professionals behind these plan providers? Find out what their qualifications are and find out about their experience. Um, you know, years of experience I don't think is the particularly great measuring stick. Always reminds me of Ty Webb uh, when Judge Smales and Caddyshack said, uh, so Ty, how do you, you know, Ty doesn't keep score. So Ty, how do you uh, measure yourself against other golfers? And Ty says by height. I think years of experience, it's an interesting statistic, but it's not the most uh, revealing statistics because I've known people in the business for 15, 20, 25 years who don't know what the heck they're doing. Um, you know, sometimes years of experience is just a number. Uh, just like, you know, measuring a golfer by height, it's just a number. You know, I, I, I unfortunately, I, I've worked at companies with, you know, TPA, I've worked at TPA firms where the plan administrator had 15, 20 years of experience, didn't know what the heck they were doing. Uh, you know, obviously, make sure when hiring a financial advisor that they actually have a license. Make sure the risk attorney is admitted to the bar. Uh, plan sponsors have been defrauded in the past by plan providers who, you know, don't have the right credentials or lied about the credentials they claim to have. Um, and, you know, Matt Hutchinson, I think, is a perfect example of somebody who claimed to be something that they weren't. Uh, he would outright lie. You know, he claimed he was a co-creator of Brightscope. And if you know anything about the Alfred brothers and their partner, uh, that's not true. I, I remember when talking to Matt, when I first found that out, I'm like, it just didn't make any sense. Uh, and and I, I do know an advisory group out by me that created their own credential. 
Um, I'd rather not say what that credential is because I will get in trouble if I mention it, but I've never heard anybody else offering that credential. Uh, it, it, I will say that credential has a number in there. It kind of reminds me of the old joke about cab drivers uh, in the city and sometimes, you know, they have like, uh, you can't pronounce your name and they got exclamation points. Well, I don't see a credential with an exclamation point, but I do see a credential with a number and that's the only time I've ever seen that. You know, uh, I think a, you have a TPA, uh, if you find out their day-to-day -day contact, uh, has credential with ASPA. I think it's important. Uh, I think that's an important thing. Obviously, with ASPA, they have uh, they have standards. Of course, the only problem was I worked for a company where the COO had a credential at one point with ASPA, but never continued the CE credit to maintain that credential. But um, you know, wasn't uh, it wasn't discovered. Obviously, uh, recommendations from other plan providers are great. Uh, asking your financial advisor for a TPA or arrest attorney uh, for recommendations, you know, a good idea, as long as the recommendations are obviously free from bias. Uh, but that's less likely when the provider only when the provider does offer you two to three choices. And I've always been a big particular of that. Someone asked me about TPA. I want to show two to three TPAs that they should talk to, find out what the best fit is. Um, I did that for you know a certain client uh, who. Um, got in trouble with the Bernie Madoff situation. I didn't want to, you know, tip my hand and say, oh, talk to this TPA. Let them make the choice. Um, give them two, three choices. It's a, it's a great way. And so when somebody refers you and they say, you know, here are two, three attorneys to look at, I think that that suits you better than just say, go to Ari. Not that Ari's a slouch, uh, you know, or, you know, using Caddyshack, Ari's a tremendous slouch. But I think it's it, it's just better that way. It, it, you know, I'd like to get business, but I think that when somebody recommends two to three risk attorneys rather than just one, I, I just think that stands out. Um, last but not least, I think it's to Google or research potential provider for any potential issues. And again, I will always talk about the waterproofer. I stand. I actually, I'm doing this sitting. I'm sitting about five feet away from my the French drain in my house. Uh, the reason I have a French drain in my house. Um, is because years ago in my house, when it rained, I started seeing wet carpet. We no longer have carpeting here, thanks to you know, Hurricane Sandy, but we still have a sub pump. The first company that I hired for the sub pump, uh, absolute disaster. Um, they were just unresponsive. Uh, I remember one night the alarm just went off and, 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 and couldn't stop, so the guy said, why don't you cut the wires, and so that was a problem. But had I, you know, this is one of, you know, when I, when you're younger, you do dumb things. And I picked the first provider that I found on Google that was local to my area for waterproofing. And had I bothered to look through uh, my Nassau County um, search of businesses, I would have seen uh, the number of complaints against this firm. And I've always told the story uh, the company was owned by, was run by a woman, except the, I never met her until finally Nassau County came to investigate the claim. Her husband was the true runner of the company. Uh, I discovered that she was the figurehead of the business, not because of some um, government set aside, which happens a lot to get government contracts to show that it's a woman-owned business. No, it's for nefarious reason, which was 
the guy running the company was a podiatrist who lost his podiatry license for Medicare fraud. Um, that was a huge deal, and um, I think it's important to look at FINRA, to look at uh, uh, Brightscope, and, and um, you know all the other resources out there to truly investigate whether the plan provider is on the up and up. Uh, Vantage Benefits, Jeff Ritchie. He's serving, what is he serving, seven years in jail? I don't know. He's serving seven years in jail. His wife's getting, got 10 years. I, I don't know what happened there. Stole $15 million from a whole bunch of TP, uh, a whole bunch of plan sponsors that they serve as a TPA and ERISA 316 um, provider for. Um, had you Googled him before, you would have seen that there was a charge against him by the SEC that bought him from the securities industry for about two, three years. Uh, you know, that's where I come from. We call that a clue. So, just got to be focused, got to be, you know, up to date on things and, and, and see what doesn't pass the smell test. So, that's it for a short episode of that 401k podcast. Again, come to Miami, or if you already are in Miami, not much of a traveler, South Florida, Fort Lauderdale. I'm actually flying into Fort Lauderdale, taking my family on the trip, staying in Sunrise so they could go shopping at the... Sawgrass Mills Mall, why I while I go have my event and they'll come to the game later, and whatnot. So uh, hope you can join us. Go to that 4ksite.com for further information. Only a hundred bucks to attend, uh, as Man Magazine would say, that's cheap. And of course, Seattle in September. And hopefully, join us for another week, uh, another edition of that 4K podcast. Until next week, so long.